Welcome back into another episode of the All Ball Podcast. In case you missed it, we'll now have a podcast out every Monday as well as this Wednesday episode. We'll still be previewing the upcoming week's games in this Wednesday episode and giving out our best batch, which continue to stay hot. So be on the lookout for that at the end of this episode. But on Monday, we will be recapping each of the games from Sunday and discussing a few takeaways that we've had. So if you missed that last episode, you should go check it out and be on the lookout for it for the rest of the NFL season. In this one, George and I start off by deciding if we're going to be buying or selling a bunch of the three-in-one teams in the NFL that can only, that can not only make the playoffs, but actually win one, if not two games in those playoffs. Before previewing the four biggest games in week five, we got some good ones, some NFC West matchups that are really primed to be really exciting ones, starting off with this Thursday night with the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Then we get into our best bets, which I was talking about before. We're both hitting now at a 75% clip, nine and three on the season, both of us so far this season, and look to continue that heading into week five. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. Okay, so before we get to the week five NFL games, you gave me a list of some teams that are three and one, not all the teams in the NFL, but a few or most of them, I got to say, that we could actually discuss and discuss whether or not we'd be buying or selling the performance that they've had so far through four weeks of the NFL season. We didn't include like the Buccaneers, um, like the uh, I'm trying to remember rattle off uh, the Rams and Browns, because I I just feel that. uh... You know, it, it, and you're sort of discussing whether or not a team is a contender. I think those are sort of givens. Um, no, I completely agree. And when we go through this, you'll see that these teams that you that you picked are they're a little bit below that. There are a few teams that might be you might have like more so as contenders than others, but they're not in that upper echelon where you're like, okay, these guys are definitively contenders, or there's some question marks there that could be up for some people having them as contenders and some people not. So let's start out first. The Las Vegas. Raiders do you have them as a buy or a sell at this point um I have them I have them as a sell as far as being a contender goes right so you know do, do, do I believe that they could win 10 potentially 11 games yes and I think Carr has been very good um obviously um I just I think the thing for me is that I, I don't necessarily see a world where they would actually not you know, I could see them making the playoffs, but to win one, two games in the playoffs, which, you know, for me is the definition of being contender, being able to win playoff games. Um, no, I don't see that. And, and I think that even when they play well, they sort of have a knack for, you know, having weird stuff happen to them. And when it happens so many times, it's kind of a, an indictment on you that, you know, they managed to they managed to go to OT against the Dolphins. They managed to go to OT against the Ravens. You know, luckily they pulled them both out, but you're not going to win OT every time you go there. I just, for, for me, there's too much, uh, there's not, there's not enough greatness on offense and, and in the defensive line, which are, you know, the units that I like to sort of overshadow, um, the other stuff they have going on. And that's why I couldn't, you know, take them seriously as like a legit contender in the AFC. So I just want to, are we saying that if they're a legit contender or if we're saying they're three and one now. Do we buy that this performance is something like I'm trying to figure? I just want to get it on record well, what we're well. So if, if you're buying a team being three and one, right, in a 16-game season, they'd go 12 and four. So like they would be a contender. So mm-hmm. uh, for, for me, I think that is it like a playoff team or is it a legit like super or not maybe not super bowl contender, but just like a team that could win a couple of playoff games? Could could win one potentially two playoff games. Like they wouldn't be huge dogs in the second playoff game. Okay. Okay. I also have them as a sell. I haven't been on them. I've been off them for really the entire season. I wasn't 
I wasn't not impressed by their start, but I also wasn't buying into the hype. I was almost there when it came to Monday Night Football against the Chargers. If they had a really good showing, not even that they needed to win, if they had a really good showing, I would be like, okay, this is a team that I have to take seriously because I hold the Chargers in really high regard. But like you were saying, they're just average really across the board. Their pass and rush O and D, DVOA are really, really mainly around average. And then their rush D, I believe, is like in the bottom 10 of the NFL. But for the most part, this is a team that's average across the board and not really great in one thing. And I, you can't really hang your hat on any on anything. And when we go through some of these teams where I'm going to be buying them, they have these elite aspects of their team as well as just the average parts, obviously, but they're not bad in one aspect. So, and they're the end. They're at best the third best team in their division, in my opinion. So at that point, why would I buy them at three and one? I, I don't see the really the upside play there or the, the ability for them to have that upside where, like you said, they're going to be winning one playoff game and potentially two. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Chargers. Now, we were just talking about them. I got them as a buy. They've got the quarterback, their offensive line, which was a major issue last year, looked really good. The weapons have been there, obviously, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, so on and so forth. The defense is there. That was there to begin with. They really needed Derwin James to stay healthy, and he has been. And I like their coaches. Brandon Staley obviously impacts the defense. He's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, and it, it shows their team is fourth in pass D, DVOA, and it really shows there. I'm a big fan of Brandon Staley having faith in Justin Herbert. And I know that's not ridiculous. Like, oh, this guy going out on a limb, he's going to have faith in a guy that's a top 10 quarterback. But on fourth downs and big plays, he's more so risky. He's riskier than most most coaches. I think we can all agree on that because, you know, they consistently went forward on fourth on Monday night against the Raiders, especially at in points in the field where if they gave it up, the Raiders didn't have to go that far to get points and yeah. get faith them, and they converted time after time. And then the Kansas City game, where they're driving, they could hit, they could try and kick the field goal. I saw that the the weather there would have made it a little bit more difficult with the wind. He decided to put faith in Justin Herbert and go for the touchdown because they knew they had Patrick Mahomes on the other side. And if you go with a field goal here, it's not that hard for him to go down there and get them in field goal range to to kick the field goal too. I believe. To, yeah, to tie it at that point. So I like the coach. I like the offense. I like the defense. They have stars all around this team, really at every level. Where when I was going through it, I'm like, you know what? It's realistic to think this team has four Hall of Fame caliber players here. I know it's early to say with the likes of Justin Herbert and Derwin James, given that they haven't, but these are Hall of Fame caliber players where you could see in the future they could be having that. Then you have Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa there as well. So at every level there to do that. And the fact is that their offensive line, which is the major question mark going into the season, has stepped up. This is this is a definite buy for me. Yeah, I think, um, you know, so Herbert's, you know, had, had a pretty good season, uh, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, three picks. To go back to what you said about the aggressive fourth down play calling, yeah, I have to go back to that Chiefs game where I thought it was, like, insanely aggressive. But, you know, fortunately, it paid off for them. Um, it, it would be hard to sell the Chargers, right, because, you know, the – I'm looking at ESPN and this other site called team rankings for like, I was trying to find like to date strength of schedule and ESPN puts them at the top strength schedule and the other site puts them at third. Um, you know, for me, when you look at their games, I don't know if it's the top strength schedule, but it's interesting that these two sites would see it that way. So it I would mean, be they, they gotta be up. They gotta be up there. They played the chiefs, the, the Cowboys, the Raiders now who are three and one. I'm not, I wouldn't put them as that upper, like that top tier team, but those are two top tier teams that we had in the Cowboys probably. And uh, I mean, we'll get to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys and the Chiefs. 
Yeah, I would put I, I would have put the Chiefs top, but I guess playing the Eagles really uh knocked them down. I get yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> anyway, so like I said, you know, given all that, it would be hard to sell the Chargers, but uh I'm gonna do it anyway because um because I don't really want to buy them as a contender. And, and I think that um, you know, I think even the last game, this, you know, they they put up 21 points by, you know, mid-second quarter, give or take, and um and they don't score much for the rest of the game. And, you know, granted the defense held up, but I still, I still don't want to fully buy in yet to it. And so I'm not going to. So I think, um, you know, I could see them just tripping up in easier games in the middle of the season. You know, I, it's hard not to give them credit for a good start this year, but I'm, I'm still not willing to buy them as a contender. So what happened to the, uh, to if the Chargers beat the Raiders, you're, you're in. Didn't, didn't you say that last week? Uh, uh, did I? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, well, you know, the thing is, I'm out on the Raiders now. So, uh, okay. Yeah. The okay. Only reason, and I texted you. I said I was rooting for the Chargers yeah. uh, on Monday night. But that was one of those things where, like, do you ever – like, I told myself I was going to bet on the Raiders the entire day. And then at, like, 7 or 8 p.m., I was just like, I'm not going to touch the game. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, when you do that, you have to root for the other team because it's like almost as good as a win, you know? No, I agree. Yeah, because then you feel like, okay, I saved some money here. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, feel, I feel the same way. If I don't have a dog in the fight, if it's not like one of my teams I'm rooting for, if I didn't bet on it, I'd go, I'm rooting for the team that I ended up not, or the team that was opposite the team I was thinking of betting. You know, it's, it's kind of like in a similar way. Like if you, let's say you have like a three-leg parlay, and you hit the first leg, and then you lose the second leg, I'm rooting against the third leg. 100%. Same reason. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Dallas Cowboys, who just looked impressive really throughout the entire season. This is a buy for me. We knew their offense was explosive, but needed to see how Dak looked post-injury. I was confident he would come back and be fine, but it is obviously what I expect, and what actually happens is is a different story. And then what's the deal with the defense? And both of those, mainly the defense, have just blown my expectations out of the water. They've played against tough teams in the Chargers and the Bucs. They came close to beating the Bucs opening night and beat the Chargers. And in each game, we saw something different. We saw in the Bucs game, this was an offense that was, this is a team that was relying on their offense to carry them and get into a shootout. And then the Chargers game, it was relying on their defense to really step up and keep that game in keep that game close and to pull it out for them. They won 20 to 17. At this point, this is a fringe Super Bowl contender that I'd have in that slightly below Tampa Rams, Arizona tier right now. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think, um, look, I mean, I, I said it like five times. I was convinced that it was a two-year injury for Dak. I was wrong. Definitely. At this point, um, the defense has been great, right? Mike has looked good. Uh, Diggs has like five picks in four games. Um, you know, that Chargers win is going to age pretty well, presumably the way they're playing, even if I don't buy them as a contender. Um, they're good. They're good everywhere now. Like Zeke, Zeke is now playing at a high level again. Plus, you still have Pollard, who's no slouch. You have all the receivers. You have Dak playing well. The line is playing pretty well. And that's with Collins still being out. Um, and, and so I just, you know, I like a lot of it. And I think, you know, you know, you might not love Mike McCarthy, but I, I don't think he's such a detriment that he's going to lose the season for them. So I think the fact is they're going to have an easy schedule, right? Because they finished, um, 
They finished low in the division. I can't remember if it was second or third last year in the NFC. Third. Well, third. They lost to the Giants the last week. Right. So so they finished third in the division, so they're really going to have an easier schedule. Plus, they're playing all the NFC East teams. And when you remove the Cowboys from the NFC East, it probably mm, – it's tough for me to call the worst division in the league, right, because the AFC South still exists. But, uh, you know, it's top two or bottom two, should I say. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, like, this is a team that – that will have a home playoff game, not even might, will have a home playoff game. And then because, you know, do I think they're better than the Rams or Cardinals? No. But do I think that they're going to beat up on each other and they might only go 11 and six or 12 and five and the Cowboys have the potential to win 13 games? Yes. And so now all of a sudden you might be looking at two home playoff games. I mean, you could even sort of walk into the bye if schedules work out the right way. But for me, that's one step too far. But I think you might be looking at two home playoff games for this team that's, you know, firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, I definitely buy them. So I definitely think that this is a team that could be in contention for the number one seed as it goes because of what you said. The division's easy. They've beaten up. They've beaten some good teams out of they've gone away from their uh, or they've gone past a a couple of their out of uh, division hard games with the Chargers, with the Bucks. I think they have the Chiefs later on in the season. I'm still, I, I wouldn't say necessarily, like if they met with the Chargers or the uh, the Cardinals and the Rams in the playoffs, I don't necessarily think it would be so much where I'd be like 10 out of 10 or even I'd maybe say six out of 10 at the time. Those neutral site, n- neutral site, you'd have a hard time favoring them over either team right now, in my opinion. I, I think, I think it's close. I, I think it's close at this point. And then the other thing, I agree with the Mike McCarthy part. It's in large part, it's due in large part to the fact that I think both their coordinators, the offensive and defensive coordinators and Kellen Moore and uh, and Dan Quinn are elite right now at the at their respective positions where as offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. So it really it can limit your uh the detriment that Mike McCarthy, I think, can have outside of obviously those um those fourth down calls in the time clock management. Yeah. Dan, Dan Quinn is a great example of like, you know, I like when I see, um, and you say, you know, Wade Phelps is a guy that I'll compare him to when you see a, a coach who, you know, his time's up and he gets fired, but then you, he sort of remind, he goes to be a coordinator on a good team. And he sort of reminds you, you know, why he was such a great guy and why he got a shot at being a head coach in the first place. So, you know, yeah. well, I'm as glad as I can be for the Cowboys as you know, fellow NFC East guys, but yeah. um Man, they will gotta yeah, you gotta respect real at this point. Yeah, and you exactly. know, some coach some coaches yeah. just aren't meant for head coaching, but they're meant for the coordinator spot, and that's where he seems to fit in very well. Now yeah. we've got the Carolina Panthers, and this this is a sell for me. I don't think they're ready to contend. They got the benefit of playing two bottom four teams in the Texans and the Jets. They've got really good young players on both sides of the ball. But this the only thing they've shown is that they're better than the worst teams and good enough to beat a New Orleans team missing a bunch of bunch of coaches. And in the NFL, that's a major part during the game where you're trying to make adjustments and you got to figure out time to allocate because you're missing eight coaches on the sideline for your offense that mustered, I think, seven points in that game. So here are the teams in the NFC. I take over them, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the, the Niners the Packers, the Cowboys, and Tampa. That's seven teams. And then teams, I think, that are on their level. Minnesota, the football team, the Giants, and the Saints. That's four more teams there. So I, I say there's 11 teams. Giants sliding in there? Yeah, I'm putting the Giants in there. I, I, I don't think that – what because, again, what has Carolina shown outside of the fact that they can beat up on these bad teams? I, I, guess well, I guess you'll be able to see a litmus test of it when the Giants go up against the Cowboys and see how they mu- they fare against them versus how the Panthers fared against them. But really the only thing I could see 
or I could look at with the Panthers is they played one good team, which was the Cowboys. And it really wasn't as close, I think, as the score indicated at the end. Yeah. Well, you, you know, uh, you, you could use that Cowboys game, I guess, for or against them, depending on what the narrative would be. I actually, look, I'm still going to sell them, but actually I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in the Cowboys game that I would think less highly of them had they just rolled over and died and lost by 20, even though, like you said, you know, they lost by eight. It was like 38, 36, 28, but it, you, you never really felt like um, it, was, it wasn't actually going to happen for them. It was just like how little time was left. Um, on ESPN, where I was looking at the strength of schedule stuff, they have them 30th. Uh, the other side has them 29th. Um, you know, as we discussed, right, you, you played you played just a super easy schedule. You played the Davis Mills Texans. You played the Jets in their first week. You played the COVID Saints. And now you play the Cowboys. Um, I do think they can win 10 games, sort of how I feel about the Raiders, honestly, where, where you know, both of these teams, um, you know, can win 10 games. But, it, you know, the discussion is buying or selling them as a contender. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think the Panthers should be happy with where they're going. I think Donald's having a great season. He's got like five rushing touchdowns and that's like league leader, which is pretty funny. Um, they have talent on defense. You know, it, it, there's reasons to feel, you know, feel positive in Carolina, but reasons to put them as a contender this year. No, I don't see many. So, so. I agree that they're on that Las Vegas Raiders here. They're a team that you could see winning anywhere from eight to 10 wins for the most part. I'd feel yeah. more, I'd feel if I'm a Panthers fan, I feel better about my team than I would if I was a Raiders fan, because the young talent on their team is really immense. They have a bunch of guys across the board. The JC Horn injury, I think will also limit their ability that going forward really to reach the heights of the 10 wins that uh, I think is their, really their ceiling at this point. The Baltimore Ravens who just come off a pretty impressive win against the, against the Broncos or give them as a buyer or sell. Um, yo, here's the thing. Did, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a narrative sort of thing. Um, so a lot of times we talk ourselves in the team as Super Bowl contenders for multiple years and they let us down in the playoffs and then when you least expect it, they kind of become one. And so the Ravens, you know, they had a lot of injuries. They had all the running backs go down. They had Marcus Peters go down. They lose week one to the Raiders. Sky's falling. Um, is it weird that I kind of like this team this year a lot, even though they have all the injuries? I just think that they, they're still that same high pedigree team from multiple years ago. Um, they've played a pr pretty difficult schedule to this point, you know, the fifth toughest schedule. I kind of think this is one of those years where, you know, analysts will pick them Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl never happens. And then they're still that team, but ever, you know, everyone's sort of cooled off on them and they kind of sneak up on you and end up, you know, going deep in the playoffs. So I actually am going to buy the Ravens. Um, you know, I might not, I don't necessarily have, you know, all these like stats to back it up, but at the end of the day, they're pretty solid everywhere. Right. Like, you know, the QB is great, obviously. The running back is clearly not necessarily dependent on who the uh, on who the who guy is. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, some teams you're going to be like a Najee Harris or a Saquon or like no matter who you are, you're not going to be great. And some teams you're going to be like the Ravens where it's like, or the 49ers, it's like I could be anybody. I'm still going to get five yards carry. So um, I like the Ravens a lot. Can't really explain it, but definitely buying them. So we we like to we like to bring this to the NBA from time to time, make these comparisons. And you know, the team that just won the NBA finals this past season, yeah, that's very similar, true. Was similar in that aspect. And you know, their star player, Giannis, 
can kind of be looked at as similar to Lamar in that aspect, where it's a yeah. guy that's limited in what you think is the most important part of the position. Now, I'm not not I'm not saying that passing the ball and shooting the basketball well. No, I know I like that. I like that a lot. Isn't the most important part, but these are guys that because they're so good in other aspects that are still important and they're good enough. I think Lamar's better as a passer than Giannis is as a shooter that it's able to mitigate the fact that they might not be those lethal guys from the pocket or from shooting the ball from range. I also have them as a buy. I don't think this is a Super Bowl contender anymore, given the injuries personally, but I still think this is a team that is a playoff team that can win a few games in the playoffs because, you know, they have the elite guy in Lamar, obviously, as, as the quarterback and with a roster that's still really good despite the fact that they've had those all these injuries it's tough for me not to see them as a playoff team going forward they've got the pedigree they've got the head coach there and i think that they should win at least 10 games here's here, here's the one thing i will i do have to say um it would be very easy to spin zone this the other way right they they, they should have lost the lions they should have lost to the chiefs you know you could say the same you know if you wanted to spin it the other way and they lost the raiders so i mean there's a strong case to be made that they could be one and three but they're not, honestly. And, you know, that's kind of all there is to it. And I think, um, you know, there's sort of that Ravens, um, that like Ravens bluster almost, right? Like, the, you know, they're a legit franchise. They sort of have that, uh, you know, top tier pedigree shot. You know, yeah, I'm going to buy them for now. I could see them letting me down, but I do sort of, you know, buy into this whole um, like zombie Ravens thing almost. A zombie Ravens thing? Yeah, because, you know, like they were beating What, what does that mean? Because oh, uh, okay. a lot of people were like calling them dead in the preseason. So they're the zombie Ravens, you know, because okay. they've like emerged from the dead of like multiple years of disappointment and preseason injuries to become a contender. And that's why they would be the zombie Ravens if they okay. were to. You know, oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Next up, we got the, we've got another AFC North team, the Cincinnati Bengals. I got this team as a sell. Uh, the four teams they've played so far have a combined four and 12 record the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two of those games came down to either. A, it came down to a winning field goal in either overtime or regulation. I haven't seen enough to buy them since who they've beaten hasn't really impressed me. And they even lost to the Bears, and it honestly should have been a lot worse than it was. Justin Fields kind of let him in with a couple of interceptions there. So I'm going to defer to how I thought about them in the preseason because really nothing much has changed. Their defense looks really good, but that's against these really bad offenses, and their offense looks really good. Albeit there, there are some good de- there are some good defenses in that mixed up or mixed in there, but I also thought their offense was going to be really good going into the season. Yeah, um, I uh, I want to buy the Bengals so badly because, um, like, I, I just think that you know the the conversation to be had on selling them is pretty straightforward, right? Like you know, like you said, they've beaten they've beaten not great teams, they've done it in not amazing fashion. Um, look, I'm not going to buy them, but I just think it would be way more interesting if I did. Um, but you know, I got to have some integrity. So yeah, I'm going to sell them <laughs> like the Panthers. I'm going to say, I like a lot what they're doing, right? I love the Burrow chase thing they have going. Other receivers look good because they're so much better in the passing game. Mixon seems like he has a little more room to run around. The defense is starting to show some signs of life. I mean, I guess they were never a terrible unit, but still it's good to see it. Um, yeah, like I said, I want to buy them because I think Burrow really has like, uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily make like the Mahomes throw, right? But he, but he does sort of have that like if factor that like I would, you know, I would love to have him as my starting quarterback on the team. I think he has like good leadership qualities and stuff like that. Um, it's you, see the, the, you see the end of the game, uh, the Thursday night game where he was like, 
He knew that they were going to send a cover zero blitz where there was no help from, or there was no safety over the top. So he just knew, get the ball in my hands. I know I'll get it out um, to CJ Uzama. And it led to them then getting the first down and getting oh, that- goal range. No, so I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the other Uzama play where he was like you know scrambling out to the outside, pointing yeah. Uzama to go the other way, threw it to him, got the touchdown. That was a backbreaker when I was on the Jags, but still covered that night. But um, yeah, no, he's just he's cerebral. He's a guy that like he said like he said in his post game press conference, he loves film. Yeah, but and I agree with what you were saying. He's not Mahomes. He's not Herbert, where he's gonna throw the ball 50 yards down the field, maybe cross his body, but he'll just beat you cerebrally. And that's where he brought he drew the Brady comparisons coming out, where it's this guy that doesn't have doesn't wow you with his arm but he's his ability to beat you with his mind is what's really deadly about yeah, him and he why has, he'll stick around he has that it thing you know it's fun it's funny that you mentioned uh brady because i was going to bring up peyton manning but like you know so we're bringing up two you know obviously great guys uh when talking about burrow and and, and i think um like i said i really like him a big fan of his you know and, and i think they have a lot of positive stuff to look forward to going forward now ultimately the conversation is are they a contender or not in 2021-22 answer is no so so okay last up we've got the denver broncos and this is a sell for me sunday showed how the denver offense looks against a good team in the baltimore ravens after they played similarly to um to the carolina panthers they played three really bad teams or two, they played three really bad teams the panthers played two really bad teams and then one team that had covid issues and their quarterback play is just too poor in their division and competent and with the competition for the wild card spots for me to take them seriously as a three three and one team that could realistically not only even make the playoffs, but then win a game and potentially win two games. This is I drew the comparison to the Bears for the past couple of seasons. They have an elite defense with really shoddy quarterback play that limits where this team will end up going, whether it's even making the playoffs or in the playoffs, even winning a couple of games. Yeah, I think I think it's a great comp. So you know, with the with the Drew Lockbridgewater thing, it, you know, it, it it's very true what you said. And I think they they might have hoped that okay, hey, if we if we have this elite defense and the offense pans out great, maybe we will be a contender. Now I almost think it's more so in like a in like a almost like a showcase season to try to get a, like a free agent QB where it's like. Hey, look at us. We're like, you know, we're going to go nine and eight or 10 and seven with these like interesting weapons and a bad QB. Well, you know, bad meaning like, you know, you're not a top 20, 25 quarterback in the NFL. Um, so, and then, you know, this great defense of, you know, if, Hey, if Aaron Rodgers, if you come join us, we're going to win 13, 14 games next year with this elite unit. And you're going to be the guy or, you know, whoever else may or may not be available. Right. You know, even like a, like a Jimmy G or, you know, whoever else seems to be available. So I think um, I kind of think that's the direction they're headed in. No, I don't buy them. You know, some of these three and one teams, it, unfortunately, like the Panthers, uh, Panthers, uh, Broncos and Bengals. It's like, I mean, you kind of have to be out of your mind to buy them. It's a legit contender. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to sell them. Yeah, I mean, well, the, you have to go through these teams because, you know, there, there are teams – that we've seen in the past they that can just surprise you and make that make that jump similarly like kind of like the dolphins last year where you didn't do like you might not have thought like oh ryan fitzpatrick and that defense like similarly to teddy bridgewater and the denver broncos they ended up making the playoffs obviously they went to Tua later on in the season but you know it, it just you still have to go about and just kind of the thought process of whether or not you'd buy into these teams going forward yeah well but, but to be fair if you sold the dolphins last year you would have been right yeah, no, that's based on what we're talking about. Yeah, 
But yeah, but what we're talking about is do we even think the Broncos are making the playoffs or even the Bengals or those other teams? But like in that aspect, the then the then the Dolphins were a buy where they they ended up making the playoffs. But I'm I'm confusing what we're we're doing. I, I can see that. But well, do you want to go? Do you want to go through all those teams real quick and give a yes or no? Are they making the playoffs? Oh uh, sure. Okay, Rams. I say no. Yes, definite yes. Oh no, not 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 Rams. Raiders. Raiders. Sorry, no. R- Raiders. No, Rams no. definitely making it. Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Raiders. No. Chargers. No. Yes. Uh yeah. Dallas. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Carolina. No. No. Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. Cincy. No. Yes. <laughs> Trying to keep some in, in some uh, integrity here. Come on. Well, <laughs> again. Are they going to win 12 games and win, and win multiple playoff games? No. Are they going to slide in there with 10 with 10 wins? I do think so. Okay. Denver, no. No. Okay. So we, we settled that. Now we'll head over to week five of the NFL season. We'll start off with the Thursday night game. The Rams going to Seattle. Rams right now favored by two and a half. Now, I expect a bounce back game from the Rams. A team as good as they are with a coach as good as McVay, you don't get embarrassed like they did against the Cardinals last week like they did and not come out to play and really punch the punch the Seahawks in the mouth. When you come out, the Seattle defense still not good. 27th and pass D DVOA. The Rams are second and pass O DVOA. So that's something that they can exploit time after time. And that's what the Rams want to do. When you look at the Cardinals, what they were last, what they are right now, they're the third best team when it comes to pass D DVOA. So that's going right into their strength as a defense. I expect- yes, sir. Oh. oh, sorry. Keep going. I expect Jalen Ramsey to shut down DK Metcalf. Two regular season matchups last year. Ramsey was on him 53 out of 77 routes and held him to one catch for 11 yards on four targets. I don't see Seattle putting up enough points to keep up with the Rams, given how easily I think the Rams will be able to score on them, given how bad Seattle's defense is. And with Jalen Ramsey shutting down DK Metcalf like he does, I don't know where the firepower comes in. I know they have Tyler Lockett. They have guys to score, but you need your alpha to come through in aspects like that. Yeah, I think um, so. We talked about we talked about the Rams on Monday, and we didn't even talk about them today because because I think we all sort of agree it's like you know that game against the Cardinals. It is what it is. You're not going to bring your your, your A plus game all 17 regular season games. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, I think this fringes on an absolute must win for Seattle and a borderline must win for the Rams if they want to look at playing uh, home playoff games. This is a massive, massive, massive. Um, Thursday night game. I cannot wait for this game. It, it definitely the best one we've had uh, this season thus far. It's really like an A-list matchup. I, you know, I agree with what you said about the Rams should be able to pass it around pretty easily. And then the Seahawks might have a harder time doing it. I mean, like, you know, is a guy like Chris Carson really going to carry you to the finish line? It seems like they, it seems like Seattle doesn't even want that to happen. I mean, you know, I know in the past he's gotten a lot of carries, but I don't see some sort of 150 yard breakout for him at all so for me I definitely lean Rams for most of the reasons that you you just said I I have to think I agree with you the Seattle Seahawks I think need to win this because if you're trying to stay within contention of the the division you you kind of you kind of have to steal one of these games especially when it's the home game against the Rams because then you you have to go to see then you have to go to LA later on in the season and try and beat them there and 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 then the other thing is like so Seattle might you know, grind it out and have this grueling uh, regular season schedule in which they have a solid season and win nine games. But then a team like the Panthers might turn around, play a bunch of nobodies and go 10 and seven. 
right? And so, so, and so you know, that's why, you, you know, your record at the end of the season doesn't care about the strength schedule, even though we care about it when we talk about how good you actually are. Um, you know, you can't keep dropping games against good teams and expect that eventually it'll pan out because you play a ton of good teams. That's how your schedule is. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what sucks about playing in the NFC West right now. And yeah. with the Rams, I, I think they need to – I think they just need to show that they can bounce back. This is a game that they, I think, should pretty – they should win pretty well or pretty handedly. Or not pretty handedly, but I think they – it shouldn't be one of those where Ross, I think, has the ball last minute to, to win this game. I, I, think yeah, well, that, I, think they, I think the Rams are, are the better team. I mean, the, the line is close. I even think it might be Seahawks by one. You know, no, no, it's Rams two and a half. Oh, really? Moved. I'm not, oh, not yeah. surprised. I could have um, sworn it opened Seattle, but I, you know, I could be wrong. I didn't see what it opened at, but yeah, right now, uh, when I was looking last night and this morning, it's uh, at Rams two and a half. Yeah. I'm, well, fair enough then, but you know, I, yeah, I, I still like that number. You know, obviously two and a half is always a good number. Yeah. Um, Next up, we've got the Cleveland Browns going to the Los Angeles Chargers, and this is an interesting litmus test for Baker right now because I yeah. think he's one of the more difficult quarterbacks to kind of gauge how good he is in this league. I know Herbert is a top 10 guy with the potential to be a top five ability. That's me. I know it's not a hundred percent. You, I think you said you were a top, he, you thought he was a top 10 guy, not necessarily in that top five to top seven range. I think, I think I acknowledge that Herbert is playing well, but I think other people are like, Oh, he's playing well. And by this time next year, he's going to be the best player in the league, you know, or like basically. And yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't buy the ceiling. I'm not going to just act like the, the, the current or like the current floor isn't what it is, right? Because I know he's been good, but I, I think it's the sort of foregone conclusion that you know within two years he's going to be neck and neck with Mahomes, or you know just a half step below it that that I can't really get into. So I thought Baker was solid versus Kansas City, but obviously not the same as Mahomes, and it's not not surprising or a knock on Baker to see that Mahomes outplayed the quarterback on the opposite side. But Herbert though is still young and developing, and Baker should be closer to him at this point. So how does it look on Sunday? Does he look like he belongs on the same field as him in terms of just are they playing? They look like they're playing the same. They look like they're playing the same position at a close to the same level at that point. And I want to see that if I'm the Browns, because as you're thinking about paying this guy thirty five plus million dollars a year and you see a guy on the opposite end that really seems to be on the trajectory to be a guy that when you pay him forty or forty five or fifty million, it's not really a question of when or if but when instead. So I want to see that from Baker. How does he look? Because he didn't really have a great showing against Minnesota last week. That was a game that like when we talked about it on Monday in the pod, I thought it was going to be a high scoring game. I think the total was at like 52, 52 and a half. And they, they combined for 21 points at that point or in that game. So I, I Baker needs to come out and show better in this one. I expect the, the Browns though, to go more run heavy versus this poor chargers run defense that ranks 25th in D in rush D DVOA. And I like the Browns in this one. I think um, so. When you talk about the Baker thing, that there were two quarterbacks this year that I had a really close eye on for evaluation for slightly different reasons. Actually, really for the same reasons. Although it's funny how I view them in different lights. So it was Baker and it was Daniel Jones. Doesn't it feel like Baker's been in the league for like a lot longer than Daniel Jones? Um, Maybe he just feels like more of a veteran to me. I, it could be because Daniel Jones comes out of Duke. Everyone's like, who is this guy? 
And then Baker, you know, comes out of Oklahoma, multi-year starter, Heisman, you know, played in a ton of big games. So maybe I've been watching Baker for five to six years. I've only known who, Jan who Daniel Jones is for three. Um, but they're two guys that I'm keeping an eye on to see if their team should keep them. And for Daniel Jones, so far, the answer is yes. For Baker, so far, the answer is really iffy. It's almost like a 40-60 yes-no split because you, you just – it's too many games, you know, where's the, where's the 350 yard four touchdown, no pick game. You know, I, I feel like I don't see that enough. And I think that, you know, like we were talking about, what were we talking about on, um, on Monday when there was, Oh, we were talking about Mac Jones and you're like, well, do you really want Mac Jones as your QB? Because there's all these other guys in the AFC. I could sort of turn around and apply that to Baker where it's like all these other AFC contenders have these A-list QBs and your guy is, you know, weak average, but to counter that, um, it's not like, okay, fine, we're just going to go get some guy unless you put together a crazy package for Deshaun Watson, which honestly, I guess you couldn't rule out, especially if Baker's disappointing this year. Um, it, it, he's sort of in that dangerous territory where, you know, the Browns are got to be looking around saying we have the roster to be a contender and you're the guy who may or may not be holding us back. So I think this is, you know, to get to the game itself, it's an important game. You know, we already talked about the Chargers a lot. Um I can't really call it either way. I don't even know what the spread is. I mean, gun to my now head. Now it's Charge, Chargers minus one and a half. Gun to my head, I take the Browns. I just think they're the better team. And, and the Chargers played on Monday night, which is always enough to give uh, me a boost to the other team. Um, it's a close game, though. And I think it'll tell a lot about both teams. Yeah, I mean, when – I agree with the, the comparison you were bringing to Mac Jones about this because when you have these top, these top teams, like the Chiefs and the Bills – who have these quarterbacks where you're like, okay, these are MVP caliber quarterbacks. They also have good rosters. So the Browns having a good roster isn't enough. They might have a better all around roster, but it might not be enough to make up the gap between Baker and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So that's something at the end of the year, or even during the season, you need to evaluate. And these games against these good teams and against these good quarterbacks on the opposite end, you want to see how Baker looks compared to compared to Justin Herbert, and also against these good defenses. He can throw the 350 and the four touchdowns against the Jets. It wouldn't change anything. He needs to put these up against good defenses, and this is an opportunity for him to do so. And also against a quarterback that looks like he's on the trajectory to be that guy where you're looking at him where once he get in his $45 million a year contract. I'm not saying he's going to, but he looks like he's on track for that, and that's the guy that you want under center. So if your guy can look comparable to him on the same field, it makes you feel a little bit better about your decision, whether or not you want to sign him long-term. Now yeah. we've got another NFC West battle. San Fran and traveling to Arizona, Arizona favored by five and a half at this point. So is Lance the confirmed starter? I know I brought this up on, Mon on Monday and you said. Uh, I thought it was, but now it's apparently in more question. Uh, at this point, they, they said there's a chance for Jimmy. Um, there's a, That's it at this point. It's just, quote, a chance to play. I think it's more smoke and mirrors. I think that's based, based on what Jimmy was talking about at the, at the press conference, I think it's just smoke and mirrors and they're just trying to keep, um, keep Arizona on their toes about who's the quarterback piece. Obviously it's two different play styles that you have to compare, yeah. that you have to get ready for. So, so no one in their right mind would pick the Niners. Right. But you know, the thing is, I, I do think like, like teams and you saw this with the Rams last week and you've seen this in the past with the Cardinals, the Cardinals aren't about to go 15 and two. Right. And, you know, pull up this clip when they do, uh, you know, and, and you know, be a little <laughs> old, take, old takes exposed. 
Exactly. Just me saying verbatim, Cardinals aren't going 15 and two. But um, I mean, right, you, you know, they're, they're going to slip up games, especially given the whole NFC West schedule. They're going to lose games here and there. You know, maybe this is a breakout game for the 49ers defense. Who knows? You know, especially because they've been, you know, good against the run and all that. And, and, and so it could happen. Um, you know, alternatively, the Cardinals just absolutely steamroll them. Lance plays badly. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, it's one of those brain versus heart thing. Brain, of course, would say Cardinals, but I'm going to talk myself into cards, at least on the, or sorry, 49ers, at least on the spread. You know, you probably buy it to six. Um, and yeah. So when I was, when I was thinking about this game, there was a couple of, uh, the couple of things that came to my head. How does the offense, I'm, I'm anticipating Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. So how does this offense with Trey Lance under center look when the game plan is built around him? Because that was the big thing. Kyle Shanahan came out of the game and said, Look, the offense wasn't built around about around Trey Lance against the Seattle Seahawks, obviously because they didn't expect Jimmy G to get injured and have to leave the game. So everything that you kind of prep for that game is about Jimmy G being under center. So now you get the full week. I got to expect a lot more run heavy approach. And that's the Arizona defense is 16th in rush DVOA compared to third versus the pass. So I have to expect them to try and exploit that and keep that offense on the sideline for most of the game. And then how does Arizona look? the week after a massive win over the Rams, because like we saw with the Rams after the massive win over Tampa, where they were playing lights out, it's hard to replicate amazing performances in consecutive games against good teams. And that's what they have here. I know I'm higher on the 49ers than you are, but they're still a good team. And I think we both agree on that. They might be the fourth best team in the NFC West, but they're still a good team. So how can you go about replicating again, another performance after you having that lights out one against the Rams last week? Yeah, it's not that I hate the Niners, but yeah, you know, it's like, like I mentioned with the Seahawks, it's like they, well, first of all, they have a lot of injuries and now all of a sudden they have a lot of question marks at QB and their defense wasn't as good as it used to be. That's unique to the 49ers. Then back to comparing them to the Seahawks, a good season might turn into, you know, nine and eight, 10 and seven, and that will be either a first round exit or not enough. So yeah, you know, that that's why it's sort of tough to buy into in this division, like you said. But I do think I do agree with you that Arizona or in this <laughs> in this game, I'm taking I would take the Niners spread because I think like we saw with Arizona going to the Rams, coming off these high wins where you where you smack a really good team. Like they smacked the second best team yeah. or the best team in the conference and possibly the yeah. second or third best team in the NFL in a massive game. And now you got to come down and you got to, you got to continue to build on that. But now the 49ers team, which is also good. And I don't think the gap is really anything or it's minimal between these teams. The Niners are coming off a loss against the, against the Seahawks. And now you have a game plan against a guy that you haven't seen under center that completely changes the offense that they hold. They entirely have, and they have one of the best play callers in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan. I'm up. I am confident in their ability to put up points in this one and keep it close so i like the five and a half yeah i, I think um i think if you like, like when you bet the nfl if you only bet numbers that you go okay this team better than this team like that makes logical sense you're probably going to lose money you know sometimes like the giants last week um against the saints when they were plus seven i just think sometimes you got to look at the number and just be like I'm going, I'm zagging, right? The Jets last week, for example. So if you did it, if you employed the strategy last week, you would have made some money. Um, so yeah, so, you know, for that reason. Um, that's yeah, why they say, that's why, they, that's why they say any given Sunday. It's not, it's not that they're the best team every week or they're the best team in general, but that given Sunday, they're the better team. Exactly. And that's where not every win is maybe the same. 
because if I go, if the, the Cardinals go in and beat the Rams, but meanwhile, the, the Panthers beat the Jets, it's not the same thing. But like when you go into the next week and you're like, oh, two, two, two and O teams, but one team is being these good teams and one team hasn't, it, it, it changes in the same way where when you're coming off these massive wins, as opposed to coming off just a regular win, like the, the Rams wins a massive win. You coming off of that and you trying to replicate that performance is a lot tougher to see than, okay, we played like a fine game. We actually kind of played like one of our poor games. The next week I expect them to bounce back and actually play a better game than they, they normally probably do. Last up, we've got the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, Kansas City favored by two and a half. The rematch of the AFC Championship game. Or, yeah, it's the champ. Was it? Was this the AFC Championship game? Or the, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot if I was like, yeah, I thought I, I'd say. I forgot if it was the divisional game or the championship game. I was mixing up with the Browns game. Hmm. The Buffalo defense has been lights out to start the year. But they have played Big Ben, mostly Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, and Davis Mills. So we take that with a grain of salt at this point. They're, they're ranked among the elite in the NFL, really in both DVOAs when it comes to defense. I'm interested to see how they go, obviously, against now possibly the best offense in the NFL in the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City defense being bad last year, despite that, Josh Allen also playing an MVP level. He had two pretty bad outings against Kansas City. In week six, 122 yards, 52% completion percentage, two touchdowns, one pick. I know that the weather wasn't great that game, but that, that's still not good. And then the AFC Championship game, 287 yards, but a 58.3% completion percentage, two touchdowns, one interception, a 52 QBR. So he, they actually have his number, which is surprising to see, despite the fact that they have a really bad defense. Yeah, and well, and ultimately not enough to get it done, right? And, and, and so there you go. Um, I first of all, you, you remember how I was talking about Bills? Not like how I thought they would win the AFC. It's funny, both sites that I was looking at strength of schedule today have them dead last in terms. So meaning they have like the easiest schedule thus far. Um, so you know that's obviously not a good sign. I think this fringes on being a must win for the Chiefs, especially if we're talking about being able to get the first round by, right? Because they dropped two games against um and they dropped two winnable games. Fact is they're two and two now. And you can't like look if the Chiefs lose, I still wouldn't panic. But like at what point do you just sort of ah it's fine, ah it's fine, ah it's fine, your way to like a 10 and seven, nine and eight season. And then all of a sudden you're like on the outside looking in. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying eventually you have to step up for real. It's kind of like the Lakers and, and how they ended up, um, you know, being in the playing game, right? Because they just sort of push it off, push it off, push it off. Next thing you know, you're, you know, in danger. Um, ultimately for this game, I really want to pick Buffalo. Yeah. And so I think I'm going to, honestly, I just think that they, they you know, their defenses looked good. Their defense is better than KC's defense. Their offenses looked really solid. If the Eagles can put up 30, I'm sure the Bills can too. Um, yeah, so I think the Bills just sort of outscore them. I just – I'm just, I really just – I've seen so, so little from the KC defense. I just don't believe that they can stop anybody. No, that's a good point. I think Buffalo's defense is definitely good. I don't think they're necessarily as good as they are. Like their ranks show them right now, obviously, because I round no, up the quarterbacks. Given, and I'm not given, saying – Given the strength schedule thing. Exactly. Yeah, of course not. I definitely think that they're significantly better than the uh, the Kansas City defense, but I'm still going to take Casey in this one. Like you said, I think this one just means more because they've dropped those two other games. They've they're at home at this one. 
They just lost their last game at home as well. Two games at home in Arrowhead, you're going to lose in a row. I, I think Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, has shown the ability to kind of know how to game plan for Josh Allen and how to make him uncomfortable and how to bring out these bad performances of him. Like when you look at those two games, those are two of the worst games he had throughout the entire season. There might be like one other bad one. And it was like the Pittsburgh game, but that that's some high praise. If you're, if your team that's a bottom five or bottom 10 defense is able to keep an MVP level quarterback twice, twice in the same season to two of his worst performances on par with a Steelers defense that's among the elites in the NFL, then, then you're doing something right there. Here's here's my here's my last thing. You know, this is sort this sort of reminds me of Rams Bucks from last week in this way. Without a doubt, this is a big game for the Chiefs, right? Because you know the Bills you probably look at as the biggest threat in the AFC, and they're not having a great season. But so the Chiefs, you know, acknowledge that this is a big game. But this is by far the biggest game of the Bills regular season. Bar none, right? They're going to Arrowhead to play the team that they lost to in the AFC Championship game. This is what they built their offseason around, being able to beat these guys. It's just not it's just not possible for the Chiefs to view this game as being as big as the as the Bills are going to view it. Similarly to the Buccaneers and the Rams. For the Rams, it was this whole, you know, huge like new like LA and Stafford, and this is the Super Bowl champs. And for the Bucs, it's like, yeah, we're playing a good team here. Let's see what happens. NFC contender, but it's another game. It, you know, this is the game for the Bills, and maybe that'll work against them. But um, that's I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the Chief, I feel like the Chiefs see this as uh, as like okay, we're we're looking a little weak right now, where people are thinking like, oh, is this team actually good? Like they lost two games in a row to Baltimore and Chargers. Those are two good teams. Can they can they really can they really survive another loss where they no, lose three games? Like but, for them, I feel like it has to be important enough because if they they can't just keep dropping games, like you said earlier on. Like they yeah, can't just I, keep but, dropping. Games. Listen, listen, it's an important game, right? It's an important game, but it's not bar none the biggest game of their season. Okay, I, so. mean, I think it's got to be up there. I, I think it's got, I, I think if I'll go through, I'll go through the schedule right now. And I don't think, I don't think I'll find one that's bigger. No, but they, no, but they don't even have a game like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like the, the Buccaneers and the chiefs will never be as hyped for an individual regular season game as the Bills are for the Chiefs this week, right? Because there's no revenge narrative there. Unless the Chiefs were to play the Buccaneers in the regular season, then it would be that. So this is a big game for the Chiefs, but it's not the single biggest game of the season and one that's been circled since the preseason, like it has been for the Bills. Okay, I, I can agree with that. I, I still think – I'm still going Chiefs in this one. I still think that they, they don't drop two in a row with Arrowhead. I think they want to set the tone and they want to send a message that this team that is looked at as the the competitor for them in the AFC is still not on their level at this point, despite the moves that they made. And this defense, I still want to see the Buffalo defense get, you know, tested a yeah. little bit before play, I'll, play, I'll against, play against the real offense. Exactly. With a with a somewhat like at least a quarterback that's outside the bottom 10 in the NFL at this point, because if I when I go through that list. There's not a guy that's probably outside the bottom five at this point or bottom seven. It, it, it's it's an impressively bad list. Yeah, um, but they, they went out and they killed those teams. They absolutely destroyed those teams. So at least they have that, but, you know. Yeah, but they fooled me a little bit. I will, like when I, when I told you I was flipping my pick to Buffalo, I didn't realize just how bad the schedule was until I took a look at it, you know, this morning. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so, so we'll talk about the Monday night game on Monday. So let's go to – our, our bets, our bets again. Another good week. Wow! I went, yeah, I went the results. 
I went three and oh, you went two and one. I won my six point tees with the Kansas City minus one, Tampa minus one, Browns minus two, and the football team minus two. And then you went two and one with wins Baltimore, Denver under 45, and the Giants plus seven and a half. You lost the Lions plus three. So on the season, we are both nine and three. 75% win percentage. Love to see that. Hope to continue it this week. I'll start us off first. My first pick is Rams minus two and a half Thursday night. Like I said before, I don't think the Rams come out again after a bad performance where when we talked about on Monday, I was working that game. I was listening to the radio broadcast on the Rams and 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, the radio broadcast was like, okay, that's the nail on the coffin. This game's over. I don't think this team that's a Super Bowl contender goes into yet another big game against a division rival and lays an egg. I actually think they come out. And like I was saying before, when you have these really great performances, more likely than not, in my opinion, you're more likely to have that below average performance. And then after those below average performances, I think you regress more towards the mean and maybe a little bit above that. I expect them to do that. And I think this is a good matchup. The Seattle defense still not good. 27 versus the pass. Like I said before, the Rams are second in pass ODVOA. And then Jalen, the Jalen Ramsey aspect of it, where he's going to shut down DK Metcalf whenever he's across from him, I think limits what Seattle is going to be able to do offensively. So for two and a half, give me that all day. Yeah, this is a, this was honestly a tough week looking at it. It wasn't easy for me to pin down these picks. Um, first one I'm going to go with is over 45 and Saints football team. Um, I think that the football team's been putting up a lot of points and frankly been letting up a lot of points. I think the Saints have a good defense, but I don't necessarily buy them as an elite defense. Um, I mean, you know, you saw what the, what the Giants did to them. Um, yeah, so I like the over 45 here. I, uh, there's some serious question marks about Washington, as we've discussed for weeks at this point now, where, you know, even Atlanta is able to put up 30 plus on them. And that's an offense yeah. that, again, I don't I, I've never been a fan of. And I or this season, I should say, with a quarterback that I I'm less of a fan of than probably most. Next up, I've got Green Bay minus three versus Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati should be only three-point underdogs at Green Bay. They needed a, a last-second field goal to beat the now 0-4 Jags. We went, I went through their schedule and who they've beaten, and it's not impressive at all. Now that you look at it, really, Minnesota's the best team that they've beaten. And really, how good is Minnesota? We When we discussed it on Monday, I think they're around an 8-10 to 10 win team around where the Raiders are, but that's not great. Now you're going into Green Bay team that, you know, is somebody that you look at with Super Bowl aspirations. And obviously that doesn't always meet every week, but I think Cincinnati defense has been good to start the year. They're 11th and 11th and 6th in pass and rush D DVOA, but they played one team higher than 25th in total offensive DVOA. So they haven't been playing good offense. Their defenses look good. And meanwhile, Green Bay is 8th in total offensive DVOA. So I expect Rodgers to dissect and pick apart this defense just nonstop. The only way I see the Bengals keeping it close and maybe making this a little bit difficult is making a shootout, which they definitely can. But I think that the team with Super Bowl aspirations, getting three points on a team that I think will end up closer to a top five to seven pick than the playoffs. Uh, give me that number all day. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking now, aren't the Packers, I guess the Packers are another three and one team that we just sort of, you know, agreed to leave off the buy sell thing just because like, you know, I kind of, I, I'd, I'd pay, I, I'm still going to ride. I, I would still buy them. I mean, if you want to no, do no, it right I'm, now. Of course. No, I'm yeah. saying we left them off because they are one, yeah. right? Like we did with the Rams, Browns, and uh, Bucks. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions plus nine. Um, I'm pretty sure I lost on them last week, but I'm back, I'm back for seconds. Um, 
I don't think that the Vikings are as good as some people might think they are in spite of their record. And I don't think the Lions are as bad as some people might think they are in spite of losing to the Bears. Um, and that's really all there is to it. I think now if they don't cover, I mean, I don't know. What am I going to say? If they don't cover, then they're a confirmed bad team. I mean, they're winless and they are pretty bad. But, You're going you know. out on a limb right now saying the Lions are a bad team. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. going to say hot take right there. Exactly. Yeah, really, really brave for me. Um, so yeah, but I just think that I just think that they cover. You know, it's one of those division things, and um, I, I, you know, I think they've shown the ability to put up points before, and the Vikings don't exactly have a great defensive unit either. Yeah, I mean, they had a good showing last week, but before that, they weren't they weren't a great team defensively. The two first two games they gave up, I think it was over sixty points <laughs> between the two games, and it was thirty in each or over thirty in each, and then the last two games they've siphoned up, but. I think nine's a lot, given the fact that I don't think they're necessarily that much better than yeah. the uh, than the Lions. My last one is Cleveland plus two. We were talking about it before. Chargers defense is elite versus the pass, but they're really bad versus the run, and we know that's what the Browns want to do. They're the second best team in Russia DVOA. I expect the Browns are able to run and control the clock and control the game and keep Herbert on the sidelines and doing what they want. And it feels like this classic one team looks amazing on Monday Night Football. The Chargers come out and they and they they beat the Raiders pretty handedly, and they were the undefeated Raiders at that point. And then meanwhile, you look and the Browns just narrowly beat the one and three Vikings by seven points in a game where you know they only put up fourteen points to the chart to the Vikings seven. When in reality, I think the Vikings and Raiders are pretty even at this point. I think they're pretty even when it comes to your outlook on them or the outlook on them. So I don't think it's necessarily that much of a difference when it comes to those big wins. And I expect, again, Cleveland to bounce back and have a more a performance more towards the mean, and especially in a matchup where their strength matches up against their defense's weakness, and the defense for the Cleveland Browns is really good. All right, I'm going to go back to the well again. Um, um, torn between two. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go um, – actually – all right, I was going to take Denver plus one, but I've since convinced myself to just do under 39 and a half in that game instead. I know that's not a lot of points. In fact, it's one of the lower totals you'll see these days. Um, ironically, the Patriots and the Texans have the same number, 39 and a half. But Broncos and Steelers, I mean, unless there's like three defensive touchdowns, I just don't know where those points are coming from, right? You, like, you know, regardless of who starts a QB for the Broncos, um, they don't have any weapons and both of them looked bad last week. And then we know what the deal is with the steroids. We've talked about it ad nauseum. So I just think, uh, I don't see like, even if that's 2017, I'm going to be like, wow, it's more points than I thought it would be. I, I see it more in like a, you know, 16, seven slugfest type scenario. So. Yeah. That, that, that's a lot of points that you're expecting from Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater and big Ben versus these two top five, top seven defenses at this the point. Problem so. is you, you just can't make a total like 34 even yeah. if it should be so yeah because there are those weird there i mean drew lock throws picks big ben throws pick sixes like the, there's room for a defensive touchdown in this there's one room, there's room for multiple defensive touchdowns. <laughs> exactly if I, I was looking at that game before i was eyeing it i was eyeing the pittsburgh side of it as opposed to denver i but you know i i ended up staying away just two bad teams or two bad offenses it's just tough to see i, I do like yeah. the un, i do like the under but obviously the number is just so small i've never yeah, the been funny like thing a is, um, guy. the fun thing is i was i talked myself into denver by being like oh i could see them like their defense totally shutting down the pittsburgh offense but then i still and this is like in my head as i was flipping from denver plus one to the under is like 
but wait a minute, the Steelers won week one because they had this dominant defensive performance, and I could totally see that happening too. I was like, God, let me just go with the under. No, that's smart. And that was against a Buffalo team with a really good offense. And meanwhile, they just need to have a really good showing against a bad offense in Denver at that point. So I I definitely get that and staying away. So that's going to, so let me just recap. I got Rams minus two and a half green Bay minus three and Cleveland plus two. You've got new Orleans, Washington over 45, the lions plus nine and then Denver Pittsburgh under 39 and a half. We're nine and three each going into this weekend. Let's hope to continue these winning streaks, these winning weeks. I don't think we've had a, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Not even going to say it. Okay. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Hope you, uh, hope you like the podcast and uh, we'll see you on Monday to recap these week five games. 